What is up, guys, and welcome to the Meeple Miner Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things tabletop gaming. My name is Jason. And I'm James. And I'm Ant. Anthony's back. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me back, guys. It's almost as if you're becoming a contributor to this I am now. now. I'm quite honoured, to be honest. I know. I know. Well, you should be. <laughs> you should be. Uh, we, are, we are royalty. You are. Well, I mean, that's it's a bit much, isn't it, James? Yes. <laughs> like, I'll start greasing the door frame so you can get out. <laughs> <laughs> We're royalty amongst the uh, the two podcasters that are in this this room, basically. <laughs> definitely, definitely higher than mine. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't say that way. It's a, that's a matter of opinion. So, how have you been? We haven't seen you in a little while now. I think yeah, it. good. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, always no, a pleasure no, to come along. No problem. Been playing lots of games. A fair amount. And a little break through Christmas, whatnot, but you know, slowly starting to pick up. Up a few arrivals have shown up recently. Haven't played them yet. Just trying to learn them now. Well, one of them turned up at uh, over the Christmas period, didn't it? And Did didn't it on thirty first of uh, December? So the real question is, amongst us all, does that qualify as a twenty twenty one game or a twenty twenty two game? Mm. I mean, it's not officially out yet retail, so True. theoretically, in my mind, that makes it twenty twenty two. But what what do you think? Uh, it's a twenty twenty two game. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll go with that, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. it's like Lost Ruins of Arnak. I mean, that was a really great 2020 game, but it didn't really come out until last year, did it? So. Exactly, yeah. And I think we always struggle with that, especially in the UK, because, mm. you know, we're the last to get anything, evidently. Anything. It's so annoying. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we are talking about that today, anyway. We're talking about Nemesis Lockdown. Yeah. One of James's favourite games of all time is the original Nemesis. Yep. Are you excited for this one, James? Yep. Can't wait to see how it stacks up. Yeah. What about you, Ant? Yep. Big fan of Nemesis franchise. It was in my top five of all time. So yeah, nice. I mean, you, James you, has got good taste. You like the the franchise that it's based on, but not based on totally. Yeah. Yes. Even <laughs> even though you say you don't like the movies, but uh, I'll let that slide for now. Theme is amazing because you know it's not the movies, but still, you know, true, <laughs> absolutely true. So, should we just dive straight in and have our discussion about this game? Sure. Awesome yep. stuff. So, we are talking about Nemesis Lockdown, which is the standalone sequel to Nemesis by Awaken Realms. It is releasing later on in 2022. The version we have been playing is the base game from the Kickstarter campaign that Ant back. The game is for two to five players, age 14 and up, and a playtime of about 90 to 120 minutes. Never. <laughs> We'll get on to that one. <laughs> Unless you draw really badly and everyone gets eliminated in the first turn. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, this is true. So in this sequel, players will be introduced to a secret base which is on Mars. During the game, much like the original, players will gather items, explore different rooms, and use your actions to craft, run and fight alien species, shall we say, because they've changed their name in this one. At the same time, every player will try to complete their secret objective that will grant them victory. Or it may not, depending on what uh, the overall outcome of the game was. But more often than not, this comes at the expense of others. Very, very similar sounding to the very amazing Nemesis original game, James. But mm. uh, before we talk about that, why don't you tell us what comes in the box? We're going to go and have a cup of tea. Yeah, and we'll I, see you in a few minutes. I would, because this this is going to take a while. <laughs> it's a big box. The one breath challenge. Here we go. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> okay, contained within the box, you get a two-sided board, six character boards, one Night Stalker board, one Intruder bag, one Scanner, two Room Sheets, two D10 Noise Dice, four D6 uh, Combat Dice, uh, five plastic card holders, six colored plastic rings, three special room tiles, uh, ten room one tiles, nine room two tiles, one first player token, one rover token, 18 status markers, 30 ammo uh, slash injury markers, 30 noise markers, 12 fire markers, 20 underground exploration tokens, seven contingency tokens, four power tokens, uh, five character corpse tokens, seven CSS tokens, 27 Night Stalker tokens, six knowledge tokens, one time token, eight carcass tokens, one alert procedure token, uh, 10 small injury counters, three large injury counters, one venting token, one auto destruct token, eight Night Stalker eggs, 10 malfunction markers, 11 doors, one main gate token. Uh, 60 action cards, 18 objective cards, 27 contamination cards, 25 serious wound cards, 20 Night Stalker action attack cards, 
22 Night Stalker event cards, 6 Night Stalker weakness cards, 6 character quest cards, 6 character draft cards, 6 computer action cards, 5 help cards, 5 contingency reference cards, 5 Night Stalker reference cards, 30 military item cards, 30 technical item cards, 30 medical item cards, 15 crafted item cards, 4 character starting item cards, uh, and in the advanced mode components you get 10 solo object co-op straight co-op objective cards, 8 Martian surface cards, uh, 1 d12 surface dice, um, the original Nemesis compatibility cards, and 10 surface exploration tokens, and obviously all the various miniatures that come with this beautiful game as well. All that in one box. It, that, that My throat is dry just hearing you talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's two pages of that humongous booklet just on the stuff that comes in the box. Wow. So your money's what, worth, let's put it I, that way. Well, yeah, I think you do indeed, yeah. The first question is, is that more components than the original? I would say... I say there's a couple more because you get extra dice and stuff in this, mm, don't you? So, yeah, you've got all this uh, extra stuff for the advanced mode. Normally, we would talk about component quality, but I think... I, I don't know if I can speak for all of us here, but I think we are all going to be in unison and say the quality in this is just as good as the original yep. game. Yeah, and that totally. there isn't really anything that we can say... It's on par with the original, isn't the, it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I, I, think, I mean, the miniatures are of the same plastic quality. The tokens are all about the same yeah um I, yeah i don't think there's anything really different no, not at all. quality wise but i would like to talk about the miniatures now they are different yeah they are very different i would say style mm. to the original when i look at the originals i do automatically think of the alien franchise whereas in this one they don't really draw me to that franchise as much would no, you, would no. you agree no. yeah totally yeah yeah how do you feel about it? Do you prefer the miniatures in this or, or the original? I prefer the original personally because, mm. like, like, like you literally just said, it's it goes with the theme of it. Whereas this one is is try to I don't know maybe throwing a reference from Dead Space or something like that. Mm, yeah, they try to like go away from that, but it's not as well as yeah. they have with the previous ones. Yeah, because this is I mean, if you throw in all the expansions for the original Nemesis, this is fourth or fifth different yeah, yep, race yep. of aliens that you yeah. can potentially throw into this game. I, I'd have to echo what Ant said. It's like being a lover of the actual Alien movie franchise. I love the miniatures in that original because mm. they're not, but they just they just draw you straight to that. Yeah, yeah. I would say the originals are a bit more menacing, like visually. I, I think they look like they're going to tear you apart limb from limb far more than these ones. But that's not to say that these aren't scary styling. Should we yeah, say? I mean, like, you've got you have a hacker and you have a janitor in this one, whereas like the last one, you've got a captain and a soldier, like you said, which mm. goes with the theme a lot more yeah. than uh, than this one. But it's a nice change, you know. It's not the same as you know yeah. the original Nemesis. They at least they've gone different. Yeah, and not just gone. Yeah. Oh, is another version of a captain? Is another version of a soldier? Yeah, exactly. So I kind of like that idea that they've done that. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Ant mentioned it when we play actually played it. It's uh, I'm not sure if you've actually played the game, and he might have mentioned it just a minute ago. Is the min the alien miniatures in this one are very Dead Space with yeah. the, with mm -hmm. the like yeah. the overarching claws that come over. It, it looks it, so it, much like the Necromorphs. Yeah, it? yeah, it's like some sort of inspirations come from that, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I would even say that the uh, the player characters are are also very very Dead Space. Mm. In, in comparison, it's like so. the mechanic in the original, you have to admit, it looks like mm. Isaac Clarke. Yeah, you've got it. You've got to admit. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I would agree with that. So yeah, I, I think miniatures in this one are are really really nice. They're a nice addition yeah. to the collection, especially if you've got that original as well. They will blend together, but they're also very clearly two separate races. Yeah, of of, of alien species. So. They're really, really good. I think the character selection in this, I, I actually prefer the characters in this. Okay. Um, compared to the original. Right. But that's not to say I don't like the no, original of course characters. So, but it is nice that, like, as you said, they've separated them. They are very clearly different. So, yeah. I think we should move on from components. Mm -hmm. Because there's, as we said, there's not a great deal we can really talk about sure. it. Um, just very quickly before we do, though, the boards. Yeah, how do they look visually? They're just on par with the original. I mean, yeah. slightly lighter. I think they knew that from the first one. I know it's trying to create a dark ship atmosphere, you know, mm. and whatnot. But this one, again, we haven't actually really played the advanced side. But as a board itself, it is pretty much yeah. a yeah. slight improvement to the original. But yeah. 
goes well with the theme that it's trying to represent as well at the same yeah, time. Yeah, definitely. I, I like the idea that you are on a ground facility now and that mm. this one comes with an elevator that slides up and down sure, the side yeah. of the wall, which is pretty cool. Uh, I will say that in all the games I've played at this point, it's not something I, I think I've used it once in the entire time. Sure, um, yeah. So it's not a mechanic that I feel is integral, but it's a nice addition to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that advanced side that you were talking about, I like the fact that it's got an outside area. Yeah. That's really cool because it means you've got to find certain yeah. items that allow you to walk on the surface. I, I was actually going to say the, the elevator seems like it would be much more useful in the advanced side, just looking at the layout of the board because you've got that, like you just said, those three sort of outbuildings you're going to have to get to, but in the main building where you presumably start and where the elevator is, you've just got that one long corridor. Yeah. And if that's full of aliens, having a thing yeah. to bypass to, to buy them. Past them. Yeah. It's quite handy then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Providing it's got power. <laughs> it reminds yes. me of that scene from the original... Uh, from the 1995 Godzilla film where the doors open and they just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're all just there, yeah. <laughs> you touched on it just there. There's a, there is a new mechanic in this game, yep. uh, which is going to segue us on nicely to talk about the gameplay. And I think we really need to highlight the differences between the original and Lockdown. And from what I can see, there's four things that are different in this game. And I think we'll talk about the first one, which is the power, light and dark mechanic. Mm-hmm. That That's very, very different compared to the original. So as James sort of highlighted earlier, the, sh- the, uh, the station is sectioned off into... Three, three, sections. three sections plus an additional powered section for the elevator. And at certain points in the game, the power completely trips and you start losing power. And you've then got to find certain rooms to repower those areas because power is a big thing in this game. Mm. Because if there's no power in the section, it means there's no lights. And no lights means you, if you are attacking aliens, you're going to be using red dice in order to do damage. Whereas if you're in light, you're using blue dice the difference being in light you're more likely to do damage than in the dark and also if you're in the dark and you get attacked or things happen more bad things happen if you are in the dark so that's really really cool Mm. yeah the other side of the the power coin or those areas being out of power is you wouldn't be able to use computer actions in rooms and other actions as well that require power you're not going to be able to do it unless your section is powered. So how do you feel that was in the game? Oh, I really like it. If I could pick one new mechanic from this to backport into the original Nemesis, it's the power. Mm. 100%, yeah. Mm. I mean, that I think to me, out of the four things you're going to mention, Jason, this is the bread and butter of different rules compared to the two. And like James exactly said, is like if I could bring a mechanic over from this to original Nemesis, it'd be that, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I would concur with with what you're saying as well. This this is the best new addition to the game is is that light dark mechanic. And the other aspect to this as well is at the end of the phase when you're sort of doing the cleanup, I suppose is the best way to say it. If you are in a powered section, any noise markers that are not attached to a room that has a character in it will be removed. Mm. So there is a mechanic in this game to remove noise tokens from the game now. People know me. I like Carnage. I liked the fact in the original game that there was noise markers everywhere and towards the end of the game, you couldn't move without spawning aliens. That's right. That was great. Mm. But a lot of people seem to be really liking the fact that those noise markers can be removed in this game. How, how do you feel about it? It's more thematic to me because it's like when the power's on, there's going to be air, air ducts making noise. You're machinery mm. it's the whole point i think in the original nemesis was everything is quiet so the slightest noise is going to attract them it's like i like that idea of if the base is powered and running it gets lost in the background noise mm. and that's yeah. why they come off but if it's unpowered it goes eerily quiet and it's a lot easier to get things attracted yeah, to. it goes yeah. things so well doesn't it yeah i would agree with that what about you Am? i like it for the fact that it helps because <laughs> it's it's a nice little you know, mechanic that can help us players yeah. because let's face it, the whole power section going on and off is a nuisance as well yeah. as it's a great mechanic, but it makes everything so much harder. If you're going for that room, the power goes out and you want to use that computer in the room, but you can't because the power's out. And yeah. then, yeah, it's, I, I think I like it. I mean, it's a bit odd to throw in there and it's nice that they've done that. Mm. But yeah, I see where James is coming from. But for me, I, I think it's nice, nice little easy, yeah. easy, easy off for us. Yeah. I mean, it also gives you an incentive to actually keep the power on. 
Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I suppose that's something, you know, being that this is a semi-cooperative game, that is something that you can work as a team mm. to ensure that someone is trying to keep the power on while other players are going around doing other stuff. Mm. Uh, more on the cooperative aspect of the game sure. a little bit later. But that that side of it is pretty cool. As I said, I, I like the fact in the original they ended up with noise markers everywhere and, you know, just aliens popping up left, right and centre. But I also appreciate that people might not have wanted that brutality that the original As quick game in the game, brought. yeah. Just on the light and dark mechanic, would you say that this game is less brutal than the the original? I'd say it balances out quite well because you've got definite advantages to being in the light, but those penalties for being in the dark really do. Like especially uh, when it yeah. comes to the event cards, they they now, for reference, if anyone's played the original, they have additional text at the mm. bottom of the event cards which says "if in darkness," yeah. and they're never good. Yeah, <laughs> suffer a serious wound. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's great mm-hmm. fun, especially when you, you you're trying to read those those event cards out thematically. Like, oh, it's like, oh, this this is happening, and blah blah blah. If you are in the dark, all this stuff and more. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> So yes, that is the uh, the light and dark mechanic. I think that is hands down the best new mechanic mm. in the game. So we'll move on to the next m- new mechanic, which is the contingency plans rather than the ship destination slash ensuring the engines are working from the original. I know my feelings on this. What are yours, James? I much prefer the system in the original. Is there a particular reason? It doesn't give you that same sense of what's everyone else doing mm. why why are they doing that what what's going on that that sort of panic it's like so-and-so has gone off on their own why why, why? yeah <laughs> it, you just don't get that feeling in this one it's like everyone could go their own separate ways and you're just sort of like eh. yeah what about you Em? yeah i mean exactly the same but again it's a, it's another little punishment that can be, you know, you could have this plan, you could try and survive at the end, but then you flip this contingency plan at the end and said, oh, it'd be something like, oh, if someone didn't set the signal, you die. And if you're that person, you've just gone through all that for nothing. So yeah. it is quite yeah. brutal in a way. But there was also a part where we were trying to get around the rule of it, which was seemed a bit confusing that everyone else gets one and you can look at theirs and try and figure out what they're doing and whatnot. But it just, unless you memorize those tokens, it's a bit of a weird rule to be honest. This, yeah. 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 So yeah, for for uh, a bit of context on on that, there are seven different contingencies in the game, and when you're setting up, they are shuffled, and one of them is put out face down without anyone getting to see what it is, and that is what happens at the end mm. of the game. At no point in the game do you get to see what that is. It's not like the original where you can go to the cockpit, sign in, and you can see the destination. In yeah. this one, you do not get to see that. There are, however, ways to see the other contingencies that other players have or are in the center of the board so process of elimination if you check the other six you should theoretically know what that seventh one is but mm. really unless you've got the rule book which shows you well you've all got seven you have got the reference card as well that should be in front of you because mm. they are on the reference card but yeah it's if you've not memorized like it the reference card lists them but there are two of those that if you didn't send the signal you die yeah contingencies so if you didn't know that and you've seen one you might go oh well that's not it without realizing there's two of the damn things yeah exactly i mean in one of the games that we played i think it was the game that we played together which was we managed to do everything that we were were supposed to do but that final contingency was everyone dies yeah it's just like it was just sort of like okay so we've just played you know i think we were playing for two and a half to three hours because we were making sure we knew the new rules and stuff like that and yeah everyone dies no no way around it can't change that contingency just everyone dies you spend that three hours trying to survive the whole thing and then oh you're just gonna die anyway you didn't if you're in the bunker i think you're immune from okay uh thing but more more on that like it's like the original there are multiple ways to escape Mm, um but yeah i think if i remember correctly if you're in the bunker that you're safe yeah no that's fair everyone else dies yeah (laughs) everyone else dies yeah um so yeah the removal of like the engine mechanic you know in the original where you had to go down and spend actions to actually see if the engines were working and then of course you could tell your team yeah the engines are working actually no they're not because my personal objective is to kill everyone else Mm. so Mm. you know that being removed i'm not a fan 
you know, because mm. for me, this is where I'll say issues for lack of a better word, but it's where the issues start in the sense of this now doesn't feel to me like a semi co-op game. It feels like a player versus player game where we can occasionally work together if we happen to be in the same room and there's a big honking alien that's going to attack us. It's in our mutual benefit to attack it together, but then you're going to go off on your own and do what you do. And I don't really care. Yeah. You know, whereas in the original, if you went off on your own, I'd be immediately like, mm, I don't know about that. Sure. Same as if you went and checked the engines. As like, Oh, yeah, they're okay. Well, I hope you don't mind, but <laughs> I'm, I'm also myself. going to check that. <laughs> That's missing in this game, and I yeah. miss it. I miss it a lot. I, I miss it. And the original did it so well, again, with those two sort of central objectives, if we call them, being at opposite ends of the board. Yes. So if you... If you were a nefarious character and you decided to sabotage the engines, there's no way really you could make it all the way up to the other end of the board to also change the destination mm, to everyone yeah. dies. It's like you had if you you had to pick make a plan and stick with it. Yeah. It made both the what's he doing and if you are cast in the role of the saboteur fun. Because yeah. once you've made your plan, you had to commit to it. Yeah. And I would say that at this point, it slides me back on to talking about the board itself and the addition of that lift. Now, for quite a few of the games that I've played, I felt like the lift was ultimately pointless. If they'd kept that mechanic of having two objectives, one at either end of the ship, that lift becomes really integral to the game. Yeah. Because you could do what you were, you would struggle in the original. You could go to one end of the ship, do what you needed to do, and then as long as that lift had power, you could get the lift all the way to the other end of the board and get to the other objective sure, yeah. within a couple of turns. Mm. So why they decided to pull away from that, I don't really know. But I probably would have kept something at either end of the ship. Something to replace have... the engine mechanic. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It doesn't necessarily need to be the engines. Obviously, you're on a base, you don't need engines. Mm. But something that would have had you sort of deliberately split into two teams and then maybe cover each other. Be, yeah, or like you say, really simply good. use the lift as the oh, the, the lift's working now, guys, or yeah. whatever. That'd be a cool little yeah. thing they could have done. But yeah, yeah. I, I see where you're coming from, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the very first game that we played, there's there's two ways to turn power on yep. in this game. One of them is revealed from the start, and the other is is a face down tile that could or could not be revealed during mm-hmm. the game. You yep. never know. In our very first game, they were literally next door to each other, which <laughs> yeah. really did not help. <laughs> Um, so we struggle with power yes. in that first game really badly, and maybe if we'd worked more of us more as a team, mm. one of us could have stayed there and constantly be turning up, the, yeah, turning the power back on. But then if you're doing that, it's a bit of a boring game for that one person, I would but say. But we did kind of yep. struggle with that whole power up mechanic thing because, like you said, we have a backup generator and then we have the actual power generator, mm. and. Again, the, the rules were to and fro of like, oh, so it powers this part up or does it power that part up and whatnot? Yeah. So I think, like you said, the fact that they were too close to one another was a bit of an issue as well. Yeah, that happened in the second game we played at the comic shop. But it's their their rules were, I think, I can't remember which way around it is, but one of them can power up any, any sector and one of them can power up just, that just sector. the sector it's in. So if yeah. they're in the same sector, it makes the second one pointless. Yeah, that that's a good way of getting people to work together, I guess especially if they end up at the other end, either end of the ship, that would make things a lot easier, but not guaranteed. But yeah, I think overall contingency plan over the ship destination and engines, I'd say that's a a negative, but not terrible for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I struggled to come up with a system they could actually use mm. for a ground-based facility. I mean, Mm. yeah, being on a ship gives you options. Yeah. It's like it's a bit harder, I suppose, for a, a planet-based facility, but they could have put something in there. I yeah. guess again, it's not a copy and paste job either. Yeah, mm. it's something they've tried to do differently and throw in like the different mechanic again, maybe the power up, power on sort of mechanic to it, so that we didn't have that sort of feeling. But I get where Jason's come from because you played Nemesis to have that feeling. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like you said, James, it's on a base now where stuff is going to be different. I can see what they've tried to do, but it does lack still. That it lacks, atmosphere, doesn't it? It, it, it lacks, lacks the intensity for me. Yeah, like, that's when, what I'm, the word yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah. When, when you play the base game, you all know what's going to happen. Mm. But because you have those two things, it's a case of, I know the knives are going to be drawn. When's it going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> we know it's happening. When's it going to happen? Yeah. And, but, and, and that's what makes the game so fun. Mm. I, I mean, one thing I would like to say at this point is, obviously, you choose an objective 
in this game, much like the original between your corporate and your personal. I would love to know exactly what company they work for because this company just seems <laughs> to like killing the off their own staff. You know, <laughs> well, it's not Wedding you know. Yutani, oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, but it's it, it, I, I get Jason's point of that. It's like, oh, I've just been confronted by a big alien, but I'm still going to do my job for my employer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to melee him. <laughs> <laughs> So in this game, there is a slight difference to the computers that you can access in the rooms. How do we feel that that difference was? Now, obviously, in the original, when you did a computer action, it was what was listed in the room, if I remember correctly. Whereas in this one, there is now a deck of cards in Mm -hmm. true Kickstarter fashion. Yes. And how that works is they are the deck of cards is shuffled at the start of the game placed in a a specific spot and you turn over the top card so when you choose to do a computer action you get to do one of the three things that's listed on that top card then it gets put to the bottom of the deck and you draw the next one to see what can be done on the next one do you prefer the original one where it's set to the room or do you prefer the card mechanics if i forgive me it's been a while since i played the original if i remember correctly in the original the computers really only reference stuff that you get in the three item decks it's a, it, you know if you want to it's the room has to have a computer mm. for you to be able to use yeah. it so i feel in this version the computers are actually a bit more useful in the fact that mm. even if you don't have a specific item that relates to the yeah. computer you can still do something with the computer they definitely feel like they've, they've got a requirement to be there you know yeah. being that you are on a base you you sort of think the place will be full of computers but you know why are they there this kind of gives them a reason thematically mm. to be there but yeah, for you, would you say the cards are better? Yeah, I mean, it's like James said, it's a nice little bonus at the end of the day. But, you know, you go to specific rooms for specific actions. And then if you've got another three on top of that, mm. it's, it's, yeah, it's just as good at the end of the day. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, one of the things that, uh, one of the escape ways, shall we say, is to get on a Lunar Rover is how you escape. And one of the computer actions is to actually use the Rover or to move it which I found great fun in our very last game, James, because my objective was to kill either yourself or everyone. Um, Being me, of course, I was trying to kill everyone. So I'd activated the self-destruct and I was just standing by the exit as James finally managed to fight his way through quite a few aliens just for me to activate the... uh, the computer moved the lunar rover and then i just walked out in no. my space in my space suit and then promptly lost the game because kiri managed to get away in the uh oh she, she managed to get in the you isolation did, you managed room. to lose the game jason because you had about five larvae on your board <laughs> <laughs> that's true that that is true i literally i activated the self-destruct with my plan was to i literally two rooms away was an escape pod that i was just going to jump into and i did it and then it activated the, the the launch pods, which we will talk about sure. in a second. And it was the one that was right next to me. So oh, I'm like, no. Ah, yeah. Now the only option I have is to go for a lots of aliens to try and get out. Lots of aliens that you sp- tried to spawn on purpose yeah. to stop us getting through. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd specifically locked them in strategic locations. As, yeah, it, it didn't go well. <laughs> but hey, at least you didn't pull out the queen first time like I did. <laughs> so. uh, we did that in one of the games, I think, didn't we? I know we, we, did we did that in our game. Yeah. the very first one, yeah. No, I mean, we got a good five turns in before she came out on the second one. <laughs> not, bad. It's not, not bad going. <laughs> but yes, we've touched upon it. Ways to escape. I've already told you about one, which is the Lunar Rover. There are items within the game that's like a, an environmental suit, which allow you to walk on the surface, which is another way for you to exit. And then you have the CSS cargo pods. Cargo yes, pods. Cargo pods. The original game had escape pods yes. where you could get in them and either wait to be ejected by the game or I think you could eject them you yourself. You can eject it yourself. Yeah, you yeah. can yeah. opt to eject uh, them yourself. Whereas in this game, at certain points on the time tracker, the, the, the round tracker, there is lots of different CSS pod uh, tokens which are face down. When the time comes and you're on that turn and it tells you to flip them, you flip them. It will either tell you CSS pods don't launch. There's one for... All of them. All of them. There's one for each of them, so A, B, and C. I think there's two don't do not launch. And I think there's two two don't launch. Now, you can get off or get out of the game by being in the correct pod when it launches. Of course, you don't know what that is unless you've uh, strategically used your actions or 
abilities to check which CSS pods are going to be launching next. But there is a downside, isn't there, Ant? There's always a downside. <laughs> which is not something that I say... I can't say I like it, but I love it. And that is, if I decide to get into pod B, for example, and on the next turn pod A launches, I not only get to sit there going, oh, damn... I get kicked out of the pod and I suffer a serious wound straight serious away. Wound. How do you like that? I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I, I, Again, this is another mechanic I really enjoy this because, and I don't know if you guys have had it with the original Nemesis, a lot of players I used to play with would do their objective within the first few rounds mm-hmm. and literally just hover around, around the, the, the pod yeah. section until they're allowed to go. Because I think it's like after the eighth round, they unlock or something. Yeah, something they, like that, yeah. And people were just like, hey, yep, gone, done. Whereas yeah. this one... Like you said, Jason, it's a gamble. Mm-hmm. And I frigging love this yeah. because, again, you could either injure or you can not just go with two full stop. Mm-hmm. And like I said, if you do it three times or more than three times, you're dead anyway. So you really have to take the gamble at the end yeah. of the day or start taking, deciding, shall I exit a different way instead yeah. of not knowing which pod's going to go. So I, I love it personally. Exactly. I think I think one of the games that we played um, the other day was the very first CSS token that was revealed was all pods launch mm. so that was it that so that's was, it, it that goes, was immediately see? the css escape gone mm. so and that's that, what i love it the variety of it because mm. now if you go back and do it again there's no way you're going to get that that token a second time yeah and there's more tokens than there is on the occasion of the time track isn't it yeah so again every game could be different couldn't it yeah so they they are the main things that i think has changed about the game so we could talk about a few other bits of the game mechanics that we like and dislike if you like one of the things I did want to bring up was how do you feel like the aliens are in comparison? Because obviously in the original game, they were intruders. And in this one, they're night stalkers. Do you think that there is really any difference between them? Because for me, I'd say they're pretty they, samey. They yeah. are pretty the same. Pretty I, I prefer the intruders personally. But James, what, what do you... I prefer the intruders as well. Um, I think like card deck wise, they're generally comparable yeah. i didn't, didn't feel the night stalkers were any more brutal yeah. Yeah, uh, opponents absolutely. than the uh, than the intruders mm. from the original game now from what i remember there is cross compatibility with the two games mm. I, I remember that there are ways to bring the stuff from the original nemesis into lockdown but not back the other way so they're not backwards yeah. compatible no. but they are forwards they compatible yeah and um throughout the whole franchise of nemesis the carnivores are my favorite hands mm-hmm. down i would love to see them in this game in mm-hmm. this version i'd love to give that a try did they do a, a carnivore expansion for this or is it just no you, you could just can take it from the, the original, original nemesis yeah. and put it into this but they are my favorites i have the i love the whole mutating aspects and how they can eat each other and mutate into even bigger breeders and stuff it's just such a great idea and in, in this one especially with your power going off and your darkness into this added added to that level of the carnivores, I think would just be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, James, do you ever... I've not played with any of the expansions, no? so it's just these two. It's the ones that drive you insane that I'm quite interested no, in. The voices, the yeah, voice that's good. Yeah. It's that, I, I love the sound of that. I mm. really desperately want some of those expansions. Yeah. I would love to see maybe the Void Seekers. I, I'd like to see the Carnomorphs in this, but yeah. I'd love to see the Void Seekers in this, especially with that night dark mechanic. Yeah. True, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, the Void Seekers are dirty mm. from what I've seen as it is to then add in that darkness mechanic as well sure. would just be like, oh my God. Darkness and insane. What more could you want? <laughs> exactly. You know, that, that sounds like an awesome game that, mm. you know, we're never going to win. So... <laughs> <laughs> no, but then, but then it's not just the enemies. I mean, like you said, Jason, we can bring the um, good guys from the first one into lockdown as well. There's, like I said, there's a complete set that James mentioned on the components. Again, that is another round of Nemesis lockdown. I would like to give a try mm. just with the yeah. original characters. But it's if I remember correctly, this is actually supposed to be a follow-on from the original because uh, yeah. it's yeah. Martian base, and obviously one of the objectives in the original game is. I think it's kill everyone and send the ship to Mars. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. th- that this is this the is, continuation. Yeah. If that was, yeah. if that particular mission was to succeed. Yeah, exactly. And I, I like that thematically that they've just essentially carried on the sort. It's yeah. a true sequel. Yeah. You know, this is what you would expect from big budget Hollywood movies when they mm. say, oh, this is a sequel. And then it just clearly isn't. You know, it's it's more of a reboot than it is a sequel. This is a sequel through and through. Absolutely. And I, I like that. Uh, is it a worthy sequel? That's the real question. What do you think? I think it holds up well. It's just like a movie sequel. Think about it. Yeah. It's good, but it's not as good as the original. Mm. Mm. There's very few 
But I would say, you know, when it comes to movies, there's yeah. very few that yeah. would say, yeah, the sequels are actually better. Would I say the same for the game? I probably would. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is quite as good yeah. as the first one, but I want to make it abundantly clear. This game is really, really is good. good. Yeah, I, And I, I, I can believe whether we class it as a 2021 release or a 2022 release, it's still going to be in my top 10 of games released that year. Sure. Yeah, I would agree. Like, I love the new mechanics they've introduced. I just still, I think if they were on a shelf together, I'd still reach for the original. Sure. Mm. Yeah, I, I think... It'd be good to do a marathon, though. Do the original, the net straight after. Yeah, like a whole day. Oh, if you, if you could do you it, do, do the original followed by Aftermath. Yes, <laughs> Follow, oh, I forgot about Aftermath. Followed yeah. by Lockdown. Yes, that's true. Now, that, that would be... I, I'm not into super long games, you know, like Twilight Imperium 4. It's a great game. Yeah, yeah, I probably wouldn't play it again. It's too long for me. I could definitely see me playing a day of yeah. Nemesis if it was the thematic thing of playing all, all Plus of it's three different games. I mean, it's the same game, but yeah. it's three different I mean, It's not, it's not yeah. just one Twilight Imperium. I mean, if you did that, what would be kind of cool is if you actually did that with the original characters from the original game. Just and, go all the way through. And you kept your character. It's like, yeah. can I make it to the end? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. That would be so cool and I would love to try that. And I think we should try that at some point. Yeah. But yeah, is there anything else gameplay-wise that either of you would like to bring up? I think we covered all the bases. Yeah, yeah, I think we yeah. pretty much, yeah, just covered cool. it all. Should we move on to our final thoughts? Do it. Awesome. I'm going to allow Ants go first on this one. It's your game. Okay. What are your final thoughts? Who would you recommend this game for? So anyone that loves, obviously, the Alien franchise, who loves to be scared or, you know, with a little hint of co-op as well as, you know, you know, social deduction. Again, all of those are right on my alley. And, you know, if any of those are up your alley, you should give it a try 100%. Uh, I kickstarted this two years ago and was so worried that it was going to be not worth it. It turned out to be worth it in the end. But mm-hmm. like you said, not as good as the original by far. No way. What about you, James? I, I really like it. I like the new um, mechanics they've brought to it. I'd recommend it to definitely anyone who's played the original. Mm-hmm. Um, you will still enjoy it. Um, and then just to echo what Ant said, anyone who loves the Alien franchise um, or semi-cooperative games, this is perfect game for you. It's like the rules are still good. The new mechanics are brilliant. It's just uh, and had the best analogy. It's like it's like a movie sequel. It's never gonna. It's it's good. It's not gonna top the original, but it's it? not gonna top the original. Yeah. Before I before I go into my final thoughts, for a couple more questions. First thing was if I was recommending it to someone, or you were recommending it to someone, if they outright said they did not like the original Nemesis, would you say that they should give this one a go? Or would you say it's not quite different enough to change their mind on on the, on the thing? Because... It is tough. It depends why they didn't like the original. Yeah. If they didn't like the backstabby nature of it, I'd suggest giving it a go. But if it, if they just thought the game was too complex, no, it's not different enough. Mm. Mm. Yeah, okay. pretty much the same yeah, thing. Yeah, that, that, that's fair. And uh, obviously, the 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 other extension of that question would be if they've not played Alien, uh, not played Nemesis at all. Would you say they need to play that one first, or would you say that they could easily just go straight in and play Nemesis Lockdown? I, I agree with its title as a standalone. You could play this one first, but if you've not played the original Nemesis, I'd slap you around the back of the head and say, "Why?" <laughs> yeah, if you want the full experience, definitely the first one first. But like James says, you could go in this one blind. It's just if you don't refer it to the the first one at all, um, then yeah, definitely. I, I would definitely say that playing this game, having played the first one made it a lot easier yes because you're not learning all of the new mechanics plus the new stuff yeah it's not as steep of a learning curve if you played the original yeah so playing the original is definitely an advantage Mm. when playing lockdown yeah so yeah for me um if you own the original nemesis and want more alien but totally not alien then lockdown it's going to give you that it, yeah. it is good. Yeah. It's definitely going to give you that. Um, the characters and the map uh, and its various subsystems are really good, and it's a nice variation on the already solid core gameplay of of that original. However, my mindset is if if the original Nemesis still feels fresh to you, then I don't really think you need to buy Lockdown. I really don't like if if Nemesis is still fresh in your mind and you still really enjoy it. I don't personally think that Lockdown needs to be an expenditure when there's other games out there that you could buy. Uh, if you don't own the original Nemesis, I'd actually recommend Lockdown. You know, if you're not interested in the original Nemesis, again, I think you should at least play Lockdown. But yeah, it's a toss up between the two. 
for me is that they're both as good as each other gameplay wise i guess they each have their pros and cons quality wise they are matched in every single way so who would i recommend it for if you're a fan of the alien franchise as as you said definitely if you like the original nemesis definitely recommend it to you if you just want a really good crunchy co-op but not co-op you know semi-cooperative game it's good original nemesis is better but it's definitely still Mm. worth the play could you imagine like in a few years from now this is out but people don't realize that this is a there's a there's, mm. there was one before this like yeah. there was an original nemesis yeah like this was their first one yeah i'd like to see what that was like i you would know? definitely say that that would happen if this was someone's first introduction into the nemesis yeah, for new franchise, game, it's definitely yeah i would say you've played this and if you enjoy this i can well believe that oh my god there's another one. Oh my god it's it's there's even more, more. yeah you know, I can definitely see that. And as you said, with the expansions, mm. those extra alien races might make this one better than the first, just purely because of that whole thing of getting those more aggressive aliens and having that dark yeah. you know, mechanic. Mm. I think that would tip this one over to being better. Mm. But I don't like to sling a rating on that because that requires additional funds, of course. which makes this game more expensive yeah. than the original. Mm. So, yeah. We're talking about ratings. Uh, we have obviously done our ratings before for the original Nemesis. Unfortunately, you weren't here for that one. So very quickly, if you had to rate the original Nemesis out of 10, what would you give it? I'd give it a nine. You'd give it a nine? I'd give it a nine. Nice, nice. And uh, what would you give Lockdown? What are your reasons for that that rating? Are we going with half scores as well? We can do half scores. So yes. I'll probably give this a 7.5. Okay. Uh, purely just because um, still trying to get used to new mechanics with this one because again I've played Nemesis way too many times and trying to get used to this and like I said the the, the fact that some other stuff was taken away just trying to get used to that um, those other mechanics aren't in there it might get a higher rating the more I play it I'd still like to play the advanced version mm-hmm. I'd still like to try the other species of aliens with this as well uh, but as a standalone sequel I think it deserves a, a sequel rating which is not as good as the original but just damn good enough to really enjoy. Okay. Yeah, so that's fair. What about you, James? Uh, I'm going to give it an eight. You're going to give it an eight? Okay. I'm going to give it an eight. Cool. Um, it's, it's still a solid game. I really enjoyed it. Uh, as I've said before, I really like the the new mechanics they've brought to it. I just can't rate it any higher because it's missing the, just the skullduggery and backstabbiness of the original, which I love. Yeah. It, it really makes the original for me that aspect of the knives are coming out, but when? That's fair enough, because obviously in, in our original episode for ne- the original Nemesis, you gave it a 9.5, yep. so you're dropping it by a full 1.5. Yep. So for me, Lockdown has not replaced the original. Um, so I will come in very similar to both of you and go 8. Uh, originally, I gave it a 9, so I've dropped it by a full point. However, yeah, the game is worth playing. But if there's a choice of Nemesis or Nemesis Lockdown gonna be the original for me yep so real shame i think ultimately i got my hopes up a bit too much for this game i i hyped it up myself too much same as yeah and therefore it's it's not met my expectations but that's through no fault of the game it's through a fault of myself for hyping it so so much it was a game that had some big breach to fill it was yeah. And obviously it delivered just enough, but just not as much, yeah. obviously. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. But yeah, any other comments before we hand over to the newsman? Played Nemesis Lockdown. <laughs> I would definitely recommend playing it. Definitely. Yeah, right, cool. We're going to hand over to the newsman, Paul, and we will be back with you momentarily to say goodbye. Sorry, Brian. What? How would I know what Jason and James are up to in the garden? Throwing straw around? Oh, I gotta see this. Nope, still no idea. Hang on, why are they getting undressed? I did not sign up for this. And what's with the harnesses? Oh, I know what this is now. Well, we've got a news story about this coming up, so you can wait till then. They must have read my script already and getting a bit excited. Explains Jason's coloured hair a little bit better now, though. What do you mean? Yes, I do have a script, you cheeky sod. I think you should be more worried about what those two are up to than my script, but hey-ho. 
Right, let's get this done. That image has been burned onto my retinas now, so that won't be going anywhere anytime soon. Right, news, hit it. After releasing a revamped version of Dune in 2019, and the scaled-down Dune A Game of Conquest and Diplomacy in 2021, publisher Gale Force 9 plans to release its third Dune title in June 2022, with Arrakis, Dawn of the Fremen. Dawn of the Fremen is inspired by the second entry in the Legends of Dune trilogy that was co-written by Brian Herbert, Frank Herbert's son, and Kevin Anderson. Called Dune the Machine Crusade, the book focuses on the civilization of Fremen who existed before the arrival of House Atreides on Arrakis. Arrakis, Dawn of the Fremen, is set more than 100 generations before the Atreides came to Arrakis, and the game focuses on the hard choices Fremen leaders made when bargaining, cooperating and competing in the harsh Arrakis environment to gain and protect scarce resources, and create the communal cave dwellings they call sieges. In this brutal, cutthroat game, gaining resources will sometimes require tribe leaders to negotiate with other leaders and do trade with them, or could see players making harsh choices to keep their own people alive. Finding shelter within sieges, or caves created within the cliff sides of Arrakis, will be necessary in order for players to protect their tribes, with disputes over the land needing to be settled before the sieges can be made. Players can also attempt to acquire and develop weaponry, should they ever get into a disagreement with another tribe leader. Even Arrakis's sandworms can be utilised as threats against potentially warring tribes, should players be able to harness their power. You can conquer Arrakis, two ways, by controlling the winning number of sieges at the end of the action phase, or by unanimous decision of the council when all players agree that you cannot be prevented from winning. Arrakis Dawn of the Fremen is set to be released in June 2022. We're not one to get involved in world politics here on the show and with what's going on in the world today regarding the Ukraine and Russia, but it was only a matter of time when our two worlds intersected and Stonemaier Games has been one of the slew of companies to step up and make a statement in support of Ukrainian board game companies. On the publisher's blog, Stonemaier confirmed that the studio stands in solidarity with Ukraine in the wake of the country's recent invasion by Russia. The company has reportedly cut off all economic ties with its Russian localization partners, labelling it a bittersweet decision that has no reflection on the CEOs of the companies themselves, but stating that Stonemaier cannot provide any form of revenue for a government that invades another country. The decision to end its business with Russian localization partners has resulted in Stonemaier halting production of multiple in-progress print runs of the studio's games, whose identities the company has not yet revealed. Stonemaier has admitted that the decision will cost the company between $30,000 or £22,000 and $65,000 or £48,000, but commented that it is nothing compared to the horrors faced by the citizens of Ukraine right now. In addition to cutting economic ties with the Russian localization partners, Stonemaier has written off any payments owed to them by their Ukraine. Ukrainian localization partners, noting there are much more important things for those companies to do with the funds right now. Several tabletop publishers, designers and retailers across Ukraine have reached out to the public for support in response to the recent Russian invasion. The Ukrainian studios include Desktop Games, which localizes titles from US publisher Fantasy Flight Games, Bombat Games, a studio that releases various family titles, and Geekat Games, which is currently based in the Ukrainian capital city of Kyiv. An update included in Stonemaier's blog after its initial production appears to respond to comments made to the post and on Facebook, highlighting that there is a line to be drawn when it comes to real-world events and that the studio feels for the people of Russia who do not support Putin's decision and may revisit the decision to stop business with Russian localization companies in the future. Right, think it's time to lighten the mood a tad. This past weekend saw Renegade Games host its own virtual convention in the form of Renegade Con Virtual. 
For myself, an 80s child, I reveled in the antics of the Transformers, G.I. Joe and indeed Power Rangers on Saturday mornings, and we all know Renegade Games is the publisher to head to for a slew of games based on these IPs. With deck building games for all three franchises now available and with expansions on the way for all three, Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid thrown in for good measure, not to mention the RPGs coming for all three. But what did stand out however, especially to a full-blooded male that I am, was the announcement of both a deck builder and RPG for the fans of the one and only My Little Ponies. That's right, we can all join those bronies out there, that's fans of My Little Pony, and yes, I did look that up, as we adventure around the world of Equestria. First up, it's a cooperative deck building game, My Little Pony Adventures in Equestria. As Twilight Sparkle, Rainbow Dash, Fluttershy and more, you've been given a challenge to complete. You need to travel amongst different locations throughout Ponyville, get new cars to improve your deck, complete tasks for resources and overcome obstacles. Watch out though because if you take too long, clouds will build up over time and cause you to suffer setbacks in your quest. The ponies will have to work together using teamwork and more importantly friendship to win the game. Play cards from your hand to generate help, move and info and use those to purchase more powerful cards, accomplish tasks and overcome those hurdles, sometimes literally. But not being outshone is the My Little Pony role-playing game, where players craft their own custom pony characters to use in the storytelling game of friendship and magic as they combat various threats and other problems in Equestria and beyond throughout their adventures led by their Game Master. The Game Master can use pre-written adventures within the core rulebook and its available supplements, or use adventure hooks presented in the book to create all new stories for the players to enjoy. I know Jason and James are going to be all over this, as you can tell we've seen them prancing around the garden when they think we're not watching, especially in their saddles and halters. Anywho, while you all try and get that image out of your heads, the deck builder is penciled in for Q2 release with a price around £35 or $45, with the role players out there having to wait until Q3 and then pay £42 or $55 for the core rulebook. All this and more is available now to pre-order on the Renegade Games web store. Before we start this week's very special Kickstarters, I'd personally like to thank both Mill from Descent Games, Tom from Mayfly Games, and indeed Tom from Trolls and Rerolls for coming along last weekend to us at Mid-Sussex Meeple's Game Day to demo both the Kickstarters that are live now and Amulet of Thryrax, which will be available in May. All three games were very well received and have actually already hit their funding goals. That doesn't mean they don't need your support, so pop on over and pledge for these really great games. And saying that, first up on Kickstarter this week is Library Labyrinth by our good friends over at Descent Games. It's for 1-5 to five players, takes 30-60 to 60 minutes to complete, 10 years and over, and it ends on Thursday, March the 31st. Build a team of amazing, fictional and historical women to put escaped literary terrors back in their books. Can the Lady of Shalott defeat Dracula? Or Heidi and Ada Lovelace overcome a Kraken? Can Zynga and Mary Seacole deal with the Martian robots from War of the Worlds? Library Labyrinth is a cooperative board game set in a cursed library that plays in about 45 to 60 minutes for 2 to 5 players and around 30 minutes as a solo game. The play space is a grid of 25 octagonal tiles that can rotate and flip, revealing and changing parts of the library. Some tiles spawn literary terrors, which players need to defeat by drafting different book cards from their hands. These book cards each feature a fictional or historical woman with a combination of six different skills. Team up different cars to defeat specific terrors, then travel through the library to place the terrors back on the correct shelves. The curse is still at work in the library, however, undoing your good work, so make sure that you don't run out of time or let the library become overwhelmed. Library Labyrinth is a quick game leading to ridiculous character mashups. Of course, Alice in Wonderland and Mary Curie can deal with a big bad wolf. The game can also go scale between a game suitable for 10 years old and a fiendish puzzle. Floor tiles can be swapped out to make a harder grid, more difficult monsters can be used, or the amount of time can be reduced. Each game also comes with a booklet about the characters and the literary terrors in the game. 
and you can pledge at £29 for the copy of the game, £58 for two copies, and £87 for three. Additional pledges can be made for tote bags and the chance to sponsor a workshop that Descent Games will be taking to schools, libraries and board game cafes. Or just grab the all-in pledge, which comes with a game, tote bag, workshop sponsor and five postcards featuring artwork from the game for £50. Next up is The Family by Mayfly Games. It's for 2-4 to four players, it takes 10-30 to 30 minutes to complete. It's for 14 years and over, and two ends on Thursday, March 31st. We've created a game that puts you in the shoes of a crime boss. Your goal is to regain control of the town by eliminating your rivals. The last crime boss standing is the winner. It'll take roughly 10 to 20 minutes to complete the game realistically. It all depends how ruthless you are. The game includes an array of criminal underworld members from the past and we've chosen a diverse range of men and women from all across the world for you to learn about as you play. First up, choose your family card. There are four crime families to choose from and utilize your family card perks. Draw from the deck and occupy locations to receive strategic bonuses. Not all cards are on your side though, so draw wisely or you'll find your associates in jail. Stack modifiers by occupying various location cards. These modifiers will bolster your attack and defense score and aid in your victory. Send rival associates to jail or hospital to ensure enemy crime families have no way to defend themselves. Associates in play are your first line of defense. Without these, you are vulnerable to attack. Then roll the dice to attack your opponents and send them packing, with the last player standing being declared the winner. You can pledge just £5 for the PDF print and play files, or £15 gets you a copy of the game, or just £25 for two copies. There's also a chance for the five backers drawn randomly at the end of the project to receive their games for free. And lastly on crowdfunding this week is Solar 175 by Cogito Ergo Meeple. It's for 1 to 5 players, takes 40 to 120 minutes to complete, 14 years and over, ends on Thursday, March the 31st also. Solar 175 is an epic Euro-style legacy experience for 1 to 5 players set in a dystopian sci-fi future. The game utilizes bag building, area control and worker placement. It is inspired as a fusion between classic Euro games such as Orleans and El Grande and a unique thematic and evolving universe. Solar 175 is set in a prosperous expanding solar system with immersive world building and engaging narratives. The game is rich on theme and will feature interesting ethical and philosophical choices as well as engaging Euro-style gameplay. Play occurs across three cyclical phases, the draw phase, the assign phase and the action phase. Players simultaneously draw workers from the unique embossed bag and assign these workers to jobs on their double-layered player board. During the action phase, players take turns to remove workers from these jobs to perform a large variety of actions to help propel them to victory. The winner is the player with the most influence points at the end of the game. Influence points can be gained via many different strategies, such as helping to build giant megastructures, influencing the upcoming election, and building outposts across the solar system. Play continues until one player has built all of their 15 unique outpost tokens, which triggers the election phase and endgame scoring. Solar 175 has an innovative endgame scoring system which changes based on how the players interact within the game world. This creates unique winning conditions in each game making each one feel fresh and distinctive. The Legacy campaign contains dozens of hours of content with engaging narrative and multiple endings. Once complete, the game is fully replayable and the game world continues to expand and evolve endlessly. With the first pledge coming in at £67 for the retail version of the game, with an additional PDF, art book and narrative, £84 gets you the deluxe edition of the game, the fifth player expansion, the PDF, art book and narrative, metal tokens, pin badge and all unlocked stretch goals. Whereas the all-in pledge gets you everything just mentioned and the Gonza Index dice game with its own stretch goals for £93. And gaming events now, game days to make note of in the coming weeks are coming thick and fast. 
Abbey is back on Saturday the 19th of March with Surrey Board Gaming Group's Day. This will be Abbey's last event for a while as her Ickle Meeple is due at some point in April. So if we can get as many as possible to head up to Red Hill for this, that would be great. Location is the 7th Rygate Scout Group Hut, Timperley Gardens, Red Hill, RH12AR. The event is from 10.30 through to 5.30pm and just £5 per head inclusive of tea, coffee, etc. The weekend is certainly looking busy as Christina and Haywards Heath Gaming Association return onto the fold on Sunday the 20th of March at the Hughes 55 Boltro Road Haywards Heath RH161BJ. Christina isn't charging for this event but welcomes any donations from those willing. Tea, coffees and biscuits will be provided and the event will run from 11am through to 7pm. Mid-Sussex Meeples returns the week after on Sunday 27th of March and yes, I do know it's Mothering Sunday, my bad. But I will certainly be there to host those willing and able to attend, but I completely understand if you're not able to. We'll be there from 10am through to 6pm at Cypress Hall, Cypress Road, Burgess Hill, RH158DX. £5 per head with refreshments included and as it's a special occasion, any mums, or indeed mums-to-be, that want to attend will be able to do so for free. Worthing board gamers have upped the ante with the new Dice Worthing opening up in the location of the old Ransack store by announcing another night to their normal Thursdays. So Tuesday nights is now on for those wishing to partake down at the new store from 7pm until 10pm with just £3 cover charge with what I hear is a fantastic menu if you're feeling peckish. The location of the store is 24-26 Portland Road, Worthing, BN11 1QN. Wednesdays has Crawley Gaming Community being hosted at the comic shop, 42 High Street, Crawley, RH10 1BW, tending to gather from 6-ish onwards until close, £5 per evening with plenty of snacks, drinks, milkshakes, sweeties and even pizza. Thursday sees the three groups running in the form of Worthing Board Gamers second night of the week down at the Ardington Hotel, Sten Gardens, Worthing, BN11, 3DZ from 7pm. Davis hosting Lewis Board Game Club at the Trinity Gaming Cafe, Arbinger Place, Lewis BN7 2QA from 7pm through to 11, welcoming you for an evening of gaming with a tuck shop on site. Also, Jake and Chris would like to welcome you to Dyson Drinks, 79 to 81 Church Walk, Burgess Hill, RH159BQ, for their Thursday evening socials. Entry is just £5 for the evening, with refreshments available for purchase at the shop. And as always, Crawley Gaming Club are here for you on Mondays. They'll be up and running from 6pm over at the Tilgate Community Centre, Shackleton Road, Crawley, RH105DF. Just £3 per person over there with a tuck shop on site. I know restrictions are easing to some degree, but still keep an eye on the socials for any last-minute changes to any of the events. Um, Brian, what are you doing? You're off to join Jason and James in the garden. Um, because it looks fun? Okay, chap, whatever floats your boat, but I'm not grooming you later. Before you go and join in, say goodbye to everyone first. And it's a goodbye from me. Keep safe, meeples. Keep those dice rolling the card shuffling, and we'll be right here for you next week. If they don't get taken away by the RSPCA, that is. Thank you very much for that, Paul, and thank you guys for joining us once again for another episode of the Meeple Minded Podcast. This week, talking about Nemesis Lockdown, a brand new game to us here. How do we think this one went, guys? Yeah, good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Again, thank you for having me on. It's and always it's a nice to hear other people's opinions on it. Mm. And, you know, it was one we were, uh, we were all looking forward to at the end of the day, so... Yeah, no, I, I'd like to do this a bit more often because obviously it's, it's always nice that me and James do have our own opinions. Uh, however, especially when we're playing someone else's game, it's nice to get them in to talk about their opinions for the game as well. So yeah. I can see this being something we will do a bit more frequently. So, uh, you know, you'll probably come yeah. on a bit more. I know that 
at the moment we're playing Dinosaur World, which is another one of yours. So I nice. we can well believe we'll have you on to talk about that soon. Um, <laughs> I'd like, we're going to get copyrighted strike for this that. Now, we? <laughs> um, I can well believe that we'll, we'll get Wayne from Board Stupid on as well whenever sure. we cover games that I, I've played with him as well. So hopefully something we'll, we'll start doing a bit more. But yes. Before we go out, would you like to plug your wares for your own lovely podcast that you that you do? I love this part. This is when I go full radio DJ. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Anthony, as well as known as Ant Man, who hosts my show, the MTVB Podcast, the podcast that talks about movies, TV shows, video games, and board games. Every episode is a different one, are based on those four subjects, and we and obviously end the show with a top five of our best of that subject. If any of those tickle your fancy, please follow us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google. Uh, we are everywhere. Just simply go on Google and type in those initials MTVB. Every listen helps. And I really appreciate the support, guys. Thank you. I do enjoy listening to it. Great show. Obviously, I've been on it a couple of times yeah. now. Still need you to come on it more. We, and I need indeed. you on it, James, as well, please. Yeah, yeah I, I think James is nervous by doing those top fives, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what was the last one we did? Top five expansions, wasn't we it? We did, oh, yeah. That, that was a great one. Yeah, I really that was enjoyed actually doing that good. one. Um, so hopefully we'll have some more board game episodes coming up soon that yeah. I can come on and I will drag James on I think going forward uh, once we know what, what subjects you would like to cover yeah. I'll make sure that we give James a crash course in a plenty of them to loads go loads of those games so that he has a, a nice variety to choose from looking forward to it <laughs> excellent anyway guys I think we're going to call it a night maybe try and get a game in a bit later but we'll see how it goes. It's getting pretty late here now. But yes, thank you very much for joining us. No, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Really good awesome. to be here. So until next time, we'll be back next week for more Tabletop Gaming goodness. But until then, my name has been Jason. And I've been James. And I'm Ant. And you have been listening to the Move and Winding Podcast. Join us next week for more Tabletop Gaming goodness. Ta-ta. Goodbye.